Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Now, you may be among the thousands of South Africans without work amid the coronavirus pandemic. You're facing roadblocks not seen in years, with unemployment hitting as competition is fierce for the jobs that are available. It may be time to get creative when it comes to making some money or making a new income. That's why experts suggest thinking outside the box, whether it is starting your own business or taking a part-time job to hold you over while you look for full-time employment. My guest this evening is Fiona Martin, a registered organizational psychologist and career coach. She's going to help us take us through, the, you know, the tips of how we actually get ourselves back in that space. Fiona, very good evening to you. Thanks so much for joining me. Good evening and thank you so much for having me. Fiona, I think maybe let's just start. I mean, you know, if you're going to help us take, you know, get us back on track, um, I don't think that's any easy feat. I would think that getting your mindset right because that's tough i mean you know having been retrenched you know you have people that get so depressed so upset um you know my niece uh got retrenched recently and it was her dream job and she's devastated how do you actually get that mindset going again in order to find yourself or find something new that you can do you know i I like what you said you know around getting your mindset set right because for me that is the first key step so, you know, I think similar to you, you know, people that I've sort of worked with or even just friends and family as well as clients who've been retrenched during this time, right? I mean, I think at any time it comes as a shock, right, for, for most of the time. Mm-hmm. So even if you're expecting it or you saw it coming, when it eventually happens, you know, very often, you know, you can go into depression, it can cause anxiety, stress, and there are so many things that are associated with that. So what I always say to people is before you start scrambling and thinking about your next plan, it's very important that you take care of your well-being. So if you need two to or three weeks just to sort of, you know, uh, process everything, gather your mind, because it's very difficult for you to problem solve when you're sort of sharing mental headspace, you know, with stress and anxiety. So it's completely okay to just take some time back, um, you know, relax sleep, speak to someone, get counseling, you know, do whatever it is that you need so that you can clear your mind. And then, of course, you will reemerge and then start to think about what is your next step. So I think for me, the self-care is a very important, um, you know, first step because without that, it will be very difficult Mm. for you to sort of move forward. And I think a second consideration and almost related to that, right? Career planning during a pandemic uh, or even just at any point is a team sport, so don't feel like you need to go at it alone. And I always, you know, one of the first things that I do or say to people is pull in your mentors, right? If you don't have one, find one. Expand your network. Look at friends. Look at, you know, trusted ex-colleagues, you know, maybe previous managers that you've worked with. So that is the first kind of point of call around reaching out to people who can assist you. So it's not necessarily people who can assist you with getting a job, but who can assist you with information, who can assist you with referrals. So I always say to people, it doesn't matter whether someone's in your industry or not, you need to make the people, your network and the community around you aware that you are back on the job market and of course, you know, the type of work that you're looking for. 
Afropolitans, if you've just joined me, my guest this evening is Fiona Martin, a registered organizational psychologist and career coach. And we're talking about picking yourself up if you've been retrenched, if you've lost your job for any reason during this pandemic. How do you actually reinvent yourself? How do you find that hidden talent or how do you just, you know, um, pick up a new skill? How do you move forward? If you have any questions for Fiona, please give us a call. The number is 086-00-00959. Fiona, just going back to that, you know, getting your mindset and being able to talk to people. I think that's so important when you say take a few days, take some time off, speak to a therapist or counselor if you need, because you do need to almost uh, you almost need to process what has happened um, and moving to your next step. I mean, if you haven't processed what has happened properly um, and, and made peace with that, how then do you actually start to network and tell people that you're on the job market? How do you actually, it's part of the process of moving forward. So, you know, Samitra, I think what you, you spoke earlier around um, strengths and skills and, and around planning your next step, right? You would actually be very surprised when I sit with people, when I, you know, have a conversation with people around what are your strengths. Um, you know, many people, that level of self-awareness is not always there. So they might have one or two, but in terms of, you know, having a comprehensive understanding, you know, it's often a very active process and, and not one that I take for granted, right? So how do you, you know, at a point where you're, trying to plan your next step, whether it's through a retrenchment or maybe, you know, just through just, you know, normal career planning. So what are the steps that you need to take around evaluating your strengths? Because those often will give you a compass around, you know, how should you sort of, you know, proceed in terms of, you know, looking for a new job, you know, uh, maybe potentially trying to start a side hustle. So I always say to people, one, it's an active process of collecting information and validating. And I say validating because remember, sometimes my level of self-awareness is such that I have blind spots. Maybe in fact, my self-awareness is not even that great. So I always say to people, use multiple sources, right? And how do you do that? First of all, you know, if you're work in the workplace at the moment, um, get into the habit of soliciting feedback around your work. So this is with your manager, this is with your peers, this is even with your friends and colleagues. So, you know, every time you finish a task, you know, particularly a major task, a major project, or maybe once every three months or at regular intervals, very important to try to sit and explicitly ask because I think when it comes to feedback, sometimes it's a matter of you don't ask, you don't get, right? Uh, so don't take for granted that if someone has an opinion around your tasks and your skills, they will necessarily give it to you. Another thing as well is uh, think about the activities where you get the most compliments on, right? Or maybe it could be in the office. You know, you're, you're, you're known as the go-to person for this. So anytime someone needs to crunch numbers, maybe anytime someone needs to do build a really great presentation, you're the go-to person. And who is, you know, so it's like, what are you known for? What is that one thing that people always come and ask you to do? And I think another thing as well, you know, often related to strength is the things that you enjoy, right? So if you think about the tasks that you have done either throughout your career, you could even think of in, in the last year or even, you know, in the current role that you're in. What is that one activity, you know, that when you're doing it, you are so engaged that, you know, the hours pass by like minutes, right? And it's often an activity you look forward yeah. to doing. There's a level of excitement. You're like, you know, you don't have to be dragged there. So often when you think about a pattern of that, actually, if I look at throughout my career, what have I always enjoyed? When have I felt the happiest? When have I, when have I felt the most engaged? Those often give you an indication of things that you, one, you're passionate about, and they're also often the things that you are good at. 
So then once you curate that list of skills, you know, irrespective of whether you've done it in one job or across various jobs, it gives you an indication of the things that you enjoy, the things that you're good at, and that helps to give you direction of what might your potential next steps look like, especially if you've come at a crossroads where you feel you want to go a different direction or you want to be a little bit more intentional about what you do. I think that's so important, just discovering your strengths and your weaknesses. So you also know, you know, if you if the next job comes up and, you know, you 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 don't do really well with organizational tasks, um, that maybe that's not uh, where your strengths lie. Maybe stay away from that. But then again, you get stuck in a position where, you know, I'm desperate for this job. How then do I train myself into moving into something else? But I, I suppose what's really important is understanding that you do have this weakness and there's something that you need to work on. Very much so. And you know, I think you, you've raised a good point because, um, you know, one thing about, I guess, recessions or when there's a very tough economy or tough job market, Sometimes you'll stay in a job or even take a job that you know that you dislike and you know that you're not going to enjoy because one, you know, there's a lack of availability there. You need to eat, you need to put food on the table, you need to immediately get an income. So in fact, one of the things that I also say to people around this time is it is okay and in fact, it might even be a useful strategy to take on a survival job, especially if you get unretrained, especially if you get retrained unexpectedly and you need to immediately gain income. I also know that in many cases, right, you know, and look, there's nothing wrong with being picky about the job that you want. In fact, you know, I, I always say to people, if you can get into your ideal dream job, as you referred to earlier, definitely by all means do that. But then I also like to marry that with the reality of the market, right? So sometimes your dream job or your ideal job might take six months to get, maybe a year, sometimes even two years or longer, right? So in the meantime, taking on survival jobs, and in fact, I saw a report which said, you know, the our permanent per, the the listings of permanent jobs have decreased, you know, because of the pandemic. So there's a reluctance by employers, you know, to offer full time positions. However, there has been a spike in temporary um, and you know contract positions, right? So it might very well be that although your idea is to go into a permanent job, taking a survival job at the moment might also be, um, I think. Um, useful in terms of, you know, just having a a gap to fill, particularly where income is concerned. And that's actually a priority and a cause of stress for many people at the moment. However, I do also caution people to say, if you take a survival job, make sure that indeed, you know, it is temporary and you don't lose sight of the bigger goal. Because, you know, sometimes you take a survival job and five years later, you become complacent and you find yourself still there. Yeah, so I always say to people, look, where you can get the ideal, that's perfect. But I mean, I think even with people that I've been speaking to who've been on the job market, they have become lenient on their standards or even what they're willing to take, you know, even taking job, uh, sorry, even taking salary cuts. Because I think we realize that in tough economic conditions, you have to probably be more flexible on some of your requirements, you know, while you wait for the ideal to come along. I like the term you use, survival jobs. I mean, I suppose that's exactly what it is. It will pay the bills until we get to the dream job or get us to whatever else we have in store for ourselves or whatever we're planning to do. Fiona, just on, you know, just staying on the strengths, identifying the strengths, do people still do aptitude tests? Because that's also a way of, I suppose you have to pay for it as well, but um, that's also a way of telling you, you know, um, your strengths, your weaknesses, what you should, what kind of career path you should be taking. 
Yeah, in fact, I, I, as I was actually preparing for this, aptitude tests were, 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 were top of my mind, you know, and I guess also an occupational hazard as an industrial psychologist is something that we use mm. extensively in our profession. But you have also rightfully pointed out that there is a cost associated with it, and particularly if you want the scientific validated one. Look, you can, you know, I know people go online and, you know, there's like, you know, hundreds that you can probably find. But I would always encourage people to use the scientific validated ones because at least you know that there has been significant amount of research that has gone behind it. Uh, and in fact, you know, it's even legally defensible in court. That's how much rigor goes uh, into the science of it. So those are often very useful and, you know, and are particularly used by psychometrists and by psychologists as, as well as, um, you know, other related professionals in order to actually evaluate what is your personality, what are your strengths, uh, you know, what are you likely to be good at? You know, it even looks at your cognitive capability. So once you do one of those or a battery of those assessments, it gives you so much rich um, scientific information around those strengths. So it's probably, I think for me, if you if you do have the means to get one, I, I would strongly encourage it because it is very, it gives you a, a very good sense of self-awareness uh, through validated techniques. Mm. I think the, it, it is very useful. I did one when I was, you know, when I had just left school many years ago. I knew, always knew I wanted to be a journalist. But I think somewhere along the line, I, uh, my dad was trying to, you know, um, say that, you know, journalism doesn't pay, don't go there, like, you know, find <laughs> something else. Um, but he did He did support me in the end. But he said, look, let's go and explore everything. And I went for the test and boom, they, they said the exact same thing. You should be speaking, you should be on radio, you should, you know, all of these things. So it's very interesting. I, I find it to be very, very useful. Okay, so if now, I mean, you're looking at the consideration, you're looking at what uh, at our situation rather, um, even if you haven't lost your job, you may have had to take a salary cut. So in many cases, people are earning half or, you know, 60% of what they were earning because of what's happened with the company. Um, or even if, you know, you had two people in the family that were working and bringing in an income and now one person has lost a job. So the income has decreased. How then do we start looking at possible side hustles to increase the income? Yeah, that's actually a good question, Angel. And I sometimes find the word side hustle a little bit misleading because, you know, it implies it's a part-time thing. And many people who do a side hustle will probably tell you that the amount of hours that just, you know, go into, you know, either getting it off the ground or even, you know, if it's something that's up and running is actually quite significant. Yeah. So I would always say to people, you know, whatever side hustle you go into, just be cautious around the time that you can allocate to it. And and, and I guess, mm-hmm. of course, it's a side hustle. I would imagine you have a permanent job that you're committed to, right? Uh, so this means for eight hours or however long, you know, that you work, you, you are expected to, you know, to, to be dedicated to your employer. So hence why in managing a side hustle, you need to ensure that it doesn't become a case where, you know, you're stealing time from your employer, from your day job. Uh, you're doing something that is in conflict of interest or, you know, where your manager might even start to see that your commitment level, you know, is reducing. And all those things will always catch up on you, uh, you know, whether it's in terms of spreading yourself thinly. So I always say to people, just be wary around, you know, the time commitment. Um, and I think also importantly, you know, what, what is the intention? So you mentioned right now, right, so many people might take a side hustle so they can supplement their income, which I think is a very legitimate concern and reason that there is right now. 
But you know, there's also then a consideration around what do you do? What amount of income are you trying to supplement a month, right? And how much can you realistically make from that particular side house? So I think that research um, is very important. And more importantly, I guess, you know, Speaking to people who are doing similar things, I know there's a tendency sometimes for people to jump on fads, right? So whatever, you know, is, you know, is trending at the moment or everyone is doing this, let me do the side hustle. Mm. So I think that's also an important consideration to look at, uh, you know, the investment that you need to make from a time perspective, from a money perspective, and then also realistically projecting how much can I actually generate? And of course, is it going to cover whatever shortfall I have? Um, and I think what also your long-term goals are, right? So is this more like a temporary thing? Until, you know, I get my full salary back or until, you know, mom or dad starts working again, whatever the case might be. Or is it something that you want to build sustainably and make it, you know, uh, such that at some point you might even make it, you know, your your full-time commitment. I think Mm. those are some of the considerations that people need to take and are particularly cautioning around, you know, balancing your full-time job without obviously compromising your relationship with with your employer in order to obviously, you know, satisfy the requirements of your side hustle. Yeah, no, that uh, very, very important points. And I think burnout, I mean, you know, sometimes we feel like, you know, we really, really need to increase this income, but we also, um, you know, slowly killing ourselves in the process. And then, you know, two years later, you're not around anymore because you just have, um, have, um, have, 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 killed yourself in the process because you've been working all odd odd hours. Fiona, before I let you go, what about, you know, picking up a new skill? So, you know, when we went into um, into lockdown. I mean, a lot of us had access to the internet. I mean, you know, it's, you know, Google is, is, is there for us. I mean, what about training ourselves in a new skill? I mean, you know, I watch the kids all the time learning all sorts of things on YouTube. I mean, can we actually use the internet to our advantage to actually train ourselves in doing something completely different or something new that would help us in the job market or find some sort of way to make an income? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I was actually chatting to someone yesterday to say, uh, you know, particularly now, I think we're at a great opportunity, opportune time where there's a lot of um, available uh, courses and uh, that you can do online for free, right? And I know a question that always comes that I get from job seekers is, well, if I do something on, you know, whatever platform um, and it's not through like an institute, you know, does it count? Do employers take those seriously? And of course, you know, the, the answer to that is not straightforward. But I do, I will say to people, if you've got downtime, if you've got time on your hands, really do invest. You know, so if you've got the money to, I guess, pay for, you know, for, for the courses that need payment, fine. But otherwise, there is plenty plus of, you know, free uh, courses that you're able to do online because sometimes it's not necessarily the certificate you're looking for, but the skill, right? And in certain industries, they actually value the practical skill more than the fact that you have a diploma or whatever qualification in it. And especially if it's a skill that can automatically translate into making you more employable uh, or into, you know, helping you start your own side hustle. So I'll say definitely uh, no, and also check what are some of the recession skill, uh, sorry, recession proof skills that are there, right? Because you'll see with any economic downturn in any industry, there's always new skills emerging, you know, digitization of processes. So it's very important, you know, whether we're in a pandemic or not, to always keep abreast of what are the in-demand skills in my industry. 
and I think also just trying to broaden your mind, right? Because I think many times we kind of stay within our area of comfort, you know, within our area of strength, as we had, you know, spoke about earlier. But where you've got an opportunity to put your hand up or to take on a development opportunity that might actually stretch you, that's always a great uh, opportunity as well to learn new skills. So upskilling often refers to, you know, a skill that you already have. You're just enhancing it. Reskilling, you know, refers to just learning a completely new, different skill altogether. And this might be useful, particularly where you're trying to change industries. And we might actually find that some people's industries have been heavily impacted by the pandemic. So they might actually want to completely reskill and enter new industries, which maybe are booming or which have less risk at the moment. And I suppose it's upskilling as well because there's, you know, functions that were there for many years and they've changed the way they're doing it. So you also need to brush up on uh, doing old things in the new way. Absolutely. And and that's something that should be ongoing. You know, that's why within the fourth IR, the fourth industrial revolution mm-hmm. context, they talk about, um, you know, lifelong learning because, you know, it's not something that's a once off and then, you know, three years later you try and refresh. No, it is something that is an active ongoing process. So the index that a person can use, I always say to people, ask yourself every three to six months, what have I learned, you know, in the last six months? What new skill have I acquired? And I'm not even talking about a skill you went to do a course on. It yeah. could be like you used to do something manually. Now you do it digitally, right? So always be asking yourself, what new skills have I gained? Have I learned anything new? What are other people in my industry doing? That's an important one because sometimes you are quite insular. You know, maybe you work for a company that's a bit backward, right? And you kind of feel comfortable. So it's always get into the habit of speaking to people who are doing the same job as you at other companies and actually finding out, you know, am I marketable? Am I actually on par with what other people, you know, in my field are doing? Um, and, and I think that's an important one as well, particularly around making you competitive. Because sometimes you find you've left your organization, you know, which maybe was complacent around the learning and development. And then you find that your peers are way ahead of you in terms of some of the skills that they have gained within your field. Great stuff. Thank you so much for that. Fiona Martin, registered organizational psychologist and career coach, offering us some really, really good insights and advice. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.